Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and fabulous Monday morning. Uh, it's almost a little late uh, coming on. I, uh, me and Brandy was talking. I looked down at the clock. I was like, oh, no, we've got to get started here. So uh, we're sitting here telling Brandy's telling me big tales and her adventures in uh, life. So uh, good morning, everybody. I had to get my coffee going. See, I drink... Uh, when I drink my coffee, I don't know how many people drink coffee, but my coffee's kind of like motor oil. I, uh, I we grind, I grind my own beans, and and uh, of course I like the French press, but uh, but I make it a little easier sometimes. Just put it in the coffee maker, and after I grind them, and I use that Death Wish coffee, and uh, it's it's blacker than my mother-in-law's soul. So I uh, I gotta have my coffee in the morning. Let's see what we got here. Let's see, we got Angel Dixon. Good morning to Miss Angel. Carolyn Kelly, Angie Blevins, Sheila Sanders, Tracy Little, Larky Tyree, Jennifer Honeycutt. So good morning to all you. Oh, it's Nancy. Okay, well, good morning to Nancy. So glad she's watching this morning. So uh, glad everybody's here to uh, start the day off right. And like I said, this week only I'll be doing these uh, devotions at 7.15. And we'll get back uh, after spring break to... Uh, Back to 6.15 in the mornings, but uh, but thank you all for joining in. And so let us get over here, and let, whoops, let's do our Pledge of Allegiance. Let's stand up here. There we go. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Praise God for... It's it's be to be able to live in this wonderful, wonderful country and to uh, say that awesome pledge uh, each and every day. Our uh, you know my friends, uh, our I don't think it goes without saying uh, the that our country is in trouble. It really is. Uh, I know um, Dad was talking here about a week or so back in this message that uh, maybe we're beyond redemption, beyond hope. I um, I'm afraid he may be right. I don't know. I you know with all this cancel culture, uh, the hatred towards Christianity, uh, the our morality is hitting an all-time low. Our hatred for police officers. You know, I was watching. Um, there's this new series on Disney Plus called uh, Falcon and Winter Soldiers. It's a spinoff from uh, the Avengers movie. I got so mad the other night I couldn't see straight. Uh, they were they had to have a scene where two white cops, because it, it had to be two white cops, started hurry because the the guy that plays uh, the Falcon is a is a black man. They come up and started harassing him for no reason at all, no reason at all, uh, you know. And of course he said I didn't do nothing. And they just started getting smart with him and harassing him. And uh, finally somebody said, well he's an Avenger, and so they back off. It, it just the point is. This 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 race division, you know, is what they're trying to push. It's baloney. White cops ain't sitting around just trying to find some poor black guy to harass. It's just baloney, man. I mean, I you know, I am not saying that racism doesn't exist. It does. All right, but you know, the majority of these individuals with Black Lives Matter things like that are are uh, they're either fighting against cops or running from cops. They're shooting at cops. And then they want. To, and then when something ha tragic happens, they want to say, "Well, it's the cops' fault." You know, it's just baloney. And I get so sick and tired of of how cops are being portrayed 
when the majority, the majority are good men and women who are trying to protect this country and protect its citizens, uh, just like uh, uh, we up in uh, Colorado with the shooting, the man, uh, the police officer ran in there and gave his very life to try to save uh, individuals. And uh, But you don't see that. See, they want to keep this division as much as they can. Now, those who are in power, they want to keep this division so that they can uh, uh, create uh, distractions and uh, uh, control individuals and try to control situations. You want to enjoy Scarlet? And, uh, I mean, I hate racism as much as the next person, but, I mean, the way they're trying, this is just pure propaganda, indoctrination of our children, who's watching this garbage and thinking, gosh, man, all these cops hate black people. That's just, that's, ooh, man, I don't know, just ticks me off. So we're just going to have to um, uh, really pray for this country. It's just like it's getting worse instead of better. But uh, let's look at our verse this morning. Hebrews 4.12 uh, may be a very familiar passage of scripture to some. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And as me, Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. You know, I was sitting there talking about the uh, fictional... Um, Avengers and talking about these fictional characters that we watch for entertainment on television and movies. For those who are into it, there might be a lot of you all maybe watching say, well, I've never watched a, uh, any of that stuff, and that's fine and good. And uh, But, you know, for those who have, you may you know what I'm talking about. We're talking about all these uh, powerful beings uh, that, of course, they are fake and are fiction. And, um, you know, even, you know, me, I'm a huge Superman fan. And uh, when Superman's in the Fortress of Solitude, uh, his uh, father uh, uploaded his, um, I don't know, likeness into an AI computer <clears throat> that was interactive that Superman could talk to. And he, and, and particularly in the first one, uh, the original Donner series with Christopher Reeves, uh, you know, he's uh, explaining to him, uh, more or less educating him on uh, the, uh, the universe, history, uh, what are real sciences. And uh, then when he's, uh, he's so many years of, of this intense learning, he emerges as Superman and flies off. My point is, you may think, and I could care less, Matt, what's that got to do with this? You know, when it comes to true knowledge of the universe, when it comes to understanding science, when it comes to understanding uh, our uh, lives, why we're here, our purpose, how we deal with situations, with fear, uh, with depression, uh, with whatever it may be, we don't have fictional characters to guide us. We have a real, true, and powerful God. If you want real power, if you want true power, it only comes from God alone. We can understand, you know, in, in Superman, he had these crystals that would uh, he could put in and it would uh, uh, take him into a uh, uh, certain part of the AI system to guide him when he had trouble. Well, we don't we don't have to have, like I said, a fictional crystal to guide us. We have the true word of God that helps guide us each and every day. When we're facing troubles. We're facing tribulations. We have true power and there is great power in the word of God. God is not some fairy tale or, or a, uh, as, as some would, um, and I saw it as, as much as just uh, as yesterday under the article about um, the uh, little Nass, as he calls himself, 
I would uh, like to remove the end is what I would like to refer to him as. But anyway, he's got these satanic shoes out there. And he um, uh, and people under there was trying to mock Christianity and refer to God disrespectfully as a sky daddy. And that just infuriates me. But that's what they want. They want to infuriate us as Christians. And they want to say that Satan is not real, that he's fictional as well. Unfortunately for them, unless God touches their hearts and minds and souls opens their eyes, they will find out the reality that Satan is real. And by that point, it's going to be too late. God, God of the Bible, is real and is true. And when we read this here, we see that in this, for the word of God is living. Uh, the word is often referred to sometimes that it is, or not sometimes, but it's referred to, uh, it's talking in reference to Jesus Christ, that the word of God is living and powerful. So we see that when we want to look at real true power, we have no further than look through God's word. What else can you look at to explain how we were created? Uh, God's word tells us uh, why we exist. God's word tells us uh, how to deal with life's problems and situations. And um, this is where we need to go uh, and understand. I, I think some people underestimate the power of God and what he can do in their lives, the power of prayer. We're talking about real and true power. We see on the big screen or on television uh, fictional power, but real true power comes from God alone. And we must have that faith and that trust in God's word uh, in all areas and all situations of our lives. Either you believe the whole word of God or you don't. You know, you've got a lot of these mega church individuals out there. And when it comes to expository preaching, and that's what we do at Fountain Life Bible Church, and our church is not exclusive to that. There's a lot of good Bible-believing churches out there, so I don't want, want to make it sound like um, our church is the only church going to get you into heaven. There's churches like that out there. In fact, there's one stone throw away from my house right now. That's They think they're the only ones going to heaven. But um, the mega church idea is uh, that most people cannot sit through a 45-minute message. And so they think that uh, in order to... Uh, gain people's attention they can you can only do 15 minutes worth of speaking and then like a form of commercial break they go into praise or some form of entertainment come back 15 minutes speak and then break off again uh you know and it's sad to really uh you know to their defense i kind of understand where they're coming from i mean i really do people's attention span are about you know about that long and then they start their mind starts drifting and um, and I'll be honest with you. I've even contemplated. You know, I don't. I don't agree with the mega church ideals. I don't agree with their theology. I don't agree how they water down the gospel to try to bring in people from the world so they don't offend. There's a lot of areas I don't agree with at all. Sometimes I wonder. Maybe that's one aspect. Maybe we should glean from uh, in order to to gain people's attention. But you know what? I, I don't feel. I feel. When I've, when I've thought that for, I kind of feel conviction because I feel like that. No, that's not. It's not about. It's not about um, tradition. You know, it's not saying. Well, that's tradition. You speak for forty-five minutes and you can never sway from that. I'm not saying that uh, per se, but I just feel like that uh, when you're on fire for the Lord, when you're excited about the things of Jesus Christ, you know, it's just like you know, like last night. You know, I feel like I just don't sooner got started. It was over that quick. Uh, maybe it's just me, but I feel like when you're really uh, excited about something, when you're really uh, intently interested in a topic, 
the time goes by just like that, you know. So, uh, you know, if you're only there to uh, appease others, to say, to show other people, hey, well, I went to church today, and you're bored to tears, then maybe you need to look inside yourself and say, you know what, why am I here? What am I trying to learn? What am I trying to glean? Am I only here to... Uh, to scrutinize and criticize the praise team, I'm only here to scrutinize and criticize the pastor, or am I really trying to learn and understand the things of God? Because when we look at God's powerful word, again, here's that word again, power, talking about true power, we see God's powerful word, it exposes sin, it brings us under conviction, and that's what we need to try to be learning when we sit uh, there uh, in the sanctuary, what are we gleaning from what the pastor is saying? Uh, you know, not every sermon may be uh, a sermon of conviction, uh, but we still nonetheless should be able to take from that teaching uh, to to apply to our Christian lives to help us in spiritual growth. And there's been many a sermon that I have uh, done and my dad has done that uh, others have said, uh, wow, you know, I feel like you're talking directly to me. Did somebody talk to you about something I'm doing, you know? But that's just the Holy Spirit. But that's why we see that God's Word here in Hebrews 4.12, that God's Word is powerful. It exposes that sin. It is living. Uh, the uh, In fact, it says, since God is the living God and His Word cannot be separated from Him, the Word is a living Word. Uh, and so that's a wonderful thing. Uh, we can look at Isaiah 48. 40, chapter 40, verse 8. I know it sounds like I said 48 because I speak so fast, but it's Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. And so we understand that, that God's word gives new life to dead sinners. You know, for those who uh, who are a new creation in Christ Jesus, he gives that, that new life to us. Uh, we see, you know, because we have a renewed uh, mind, uh, a new uh, way to look at things, because we no longer, the things we would find interesting before coming to know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, are no longer interesting. Things we, we didn't think was interesting before coming to know Jesus Christ, but now we find interesting. You know, it's, it's very wonderful how we become that changed person, that new being, uh, to be redeemed, to be bought out, uh, how wonderful that is. Uh, he imparts new life to his saints. Uh, it, it says, all of us that have known God's salvation for a while have gone through dry times when God seemed distant. God uses his word to renew and revive us. You know, there's very times that sometimes maybe we may feel like um, we've been in the valley for a while, if you will. You know, we, we can be on those spiritual mountaintops and everything's wonderful and exciting. Sometimes we're in those valleys for a while, and uh, sometimes it may feel like, uh, you know, God, where are you? What's, what's going on? But, you know, when I say that, I can't help but think of uh, the, the poem about footprints in the sand. You only see one set of footprints, but those are the times that God is carrying you. Sometimes those are the times that you may be drawing closer to God when you're going through those uh, dry times, if you will, or, or going through those valleys. And so, you know, that's why we have God's word to renew us, to revive us. Uh, when I hear people say that um, they are, um, uh, I don't say that they're bored with Christianity, but they've become uh, apathetic and complacent. Uh, you know, I tell them, you know, think back at what drew you uh, to Christ, what drew you to God, what what uh, got you excited about things of Jesus Christ. Try to find that again, diving into His Word, getting excited, being on fire. Remember, we don't want to be lukewarm; we want to be on fire for the things of God, and, and that's why God's Word is active. Uh, that's where we get the word energy. All right, uh, uh, to be active, uh, that God's Word is effectual. Uh, it it accomplishes what God intends it to do. Uh, that's, that's what we see that for the word of God is living and powerful. Is that not wonderful uh, that it is living and powerful? It's not just some dead piece of paper that we're just reading. It is, it is, it is 
powerful to touch you. That's why it says God's word is sharper and piercing than any sword. Uh, the soul and spirit, the joint and marrow. Uh, stated here, it says some, of the, uh, some use this verse to draw distinction between soul and spirit, but that's not the author's intent. Uh, what then does the distinction between joints and marrow mean? Rather, he's using a figurative language to show that God's word is sharp and it cuts deeply to the very core of our being. Unless your conscience is hardened beyond remedy, you cannot read God's word or hear it preached faithfully without getting cut to, into the conscience. You know, and it's true. I, I don't know how many times reading God's word and how it cuts to the very heart, the very core of something I've been dealing with. Maybe something I've, I've refused to look at uh, when it comes to someone or a situation or a weakness in my life that I, I've refused to uh, confront. But by reading God's word, it cut to the quick of that. And you realize, hey, you know, this needs to change. This, you know, I need to confront this individual or, or I need to be praying for someone. You know, there may be some situations where you can't so much as confront somebody uh, in a, in a um, righteous or logical way without creating uh, a, uh, a situation uh, that is um, uh, tumultuous. Uh, you know, sometimes the best thing you can do is just have forgiveness in your heart and pray for that individual and pray for an opportunity to where maybe you can reconcile that uh, situation. But, uh, but one thing we see here again is God's word is an authoritative judge of the thoughts and the intentions of the hearts. The word thoughts refer to negative thoughts related to emotions such as anger, which a man may, a man may wish to keep hidden from others, but which God knows. You know, the, those intentions, those negative energies, those things that we need to give over to God. You know, when it, when it comes to anger, it's a very issue that I have to deal with, that I have to give over to God. It's an area I've had to fight most of my life. And, you know, you, I can sit and say, give excuses because, well, I was treated this way or this happened in my life or that happened in my life. And it's true. You can have uh, uh, have had a rough life and that will produce anger because you become very bitter towards those around you, towards the world. Uh, but when you give that bitterness over to God, when you give that hatred over to God, when you give that pain over to God, again, we see his power of healing that starts to begin within us. And uh, so that's why this verse is a wonderful and precious and powerful verse. In fact, I could really spend, uh, I could preach a whole sermon just on this verse alone. And maybe I will one day. Maybe we can do a teaching or a, a, um, uh, a, a preaching on this, uh, this very verse itself. So we can see here clearly the author is showing how God's word is powerful to expose our sin, never for the purpose of embarrassing us, but always to bring healing. We cannot rid our lives of sin if we aren't even aware of it. The word cuts down to our inner thoughts and feelings, revealing to us the things that are not pleasing to God so that we can repent of these things and receive God's restoration. Praise God for that. How wonderful that is. And so uh, let's give that over to God today and uh, let's... Uh, uh, repent of those areas in our life that may be impeding our relationship between us and God uh, and let us dive into God's word and let us work on those weaknesses and let God's power flow through you, sustain you, and comfort you in all things. So uh, what a wonderful way to start off our Monday morning. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Now, Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful and blessed day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us each and every day to dive into your word. Lord, help us to be convicted of those things that need work. Give us the strength to endure, to persevere, and to overcome those areas in our lives. And uh, Lord, help us draw closer to you. Let us grow spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. 
uh, each and every day. And Lord, is there anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you? Let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, uh, just do pray for our nation and its leaders. They'll come to know you before it's too late. Lord, as I pray every day, I pray for our brother in Christ, Ron Thompson, Wendy Lee, Ginger Hood, Troy, Lynn and David Feathers, uh, Roger Winters. Uh, Lord, I do pray for Larry and Donna Knight, Jane Kitchings, Donnie Cutshaw, uh, and uh, so many others, Lord, uh, that uh, have offered up prayer on social media or at the church. And Lord, let your will be done in each and every one of those situations. Lord, be with us. Lead us, God, and protect us this day. And Lord, let us have a wonderful and blessed day today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My friends, I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And uh, just remember, uh, for those who are involved in our Easter program, uh, that's tomorrow night at 7. If you if you want to bring your kids or grandkids at 6.30, uh, that's when we'll be doing our Easter egg hunt at 118 Julie Lane. And we're going to have a great time, games and fun. So be sure to bring them on out and we'll have a great time in the Lord. So uh, thank you all for watching this morning. And remember, live each day as if it were your last. Because one day it will be. Thanks for watching and God bless.